Couch to 5K. We all know that. That feeling of not being a runner, but having this idea of being out in the idyllic world of running and this goal, this dream that's beyond where we are right now. So what about the idea of couch to ultra runner? Hello and welcome to the Ultra Running Podcast with me, Coach Marshy. So what about it? What about the idea of the couch to ultra runner? We all are very familiar as runners with that concept of couch to 5K. But what about it? Couch to ultra runner. Let's bring in today's guest and let's talk to her about it and let's discuss around that topic. So welcome to the show, Jan Carver. How are you, Jan? Hi, Neil. Thanks for inviting me along. Uh, you're very welcome. So, Jan, before we get into that discussion point, tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are and what's your involvement in running? So um, I'm a mum with two kids. They're grown up now. They're um, in their 20s. All of us are sporty in different ways. I don't think I would have described myself in that way. Um I don't know how long ago, six, ten years ago, certainly when I was at school, I wouldn't have been described as sporty, but other people describe me like that. So I guess I am. Um, cool. Yeah. Cool. And your your current involvement in running, are you part of a club? Do you, do you train regularly? Do you run? Yes. Yeah, so I'm um, a member of High Runners, uh, which is our local club. Um, and I train uh, with the club regularly twice a week Wednesdays which um, is my non-negotiable night it's it is the night that I'm there every week um, unless unless I'm actually away traveling or something but otherwise I don't I barely miss the week I think and then I also train on a Thursday night Excellent, excellent. So for those of you that listen to the show regularly, um, you you will know that High Runners is the club that I founded. So Jan is one of one of our members there and has been for a long time now. And you're also a current run leader as well, Jan. So you sort of do a bit of run leading on the, the Thursday night session that we run and um, taking the next next step in that journey as well. So looking to become a running coach. Yeah, yeah. It's been a really interesting journey. and. Um... So I'm in the process of doing that. I've done my courses and now um, getting ready for my assessment. So if I said to you, did you ever see yourself as a running coach, say 10 years ago, you mentioned there in your little introduction, would you have imagined that you'd have become a, an official qualified running coach? Neil, 10 years ago, I wasn't even dreaming of being able to run a mile. So to be on this journey and to be encouraging others, which I just love, and to um, yeah, to support people who also maybe don't think that they are runners um, is is really incredible. And to get the knowledge to be able to push that on further is is a really exciting thing. I think. Excellent, excellent. So, on my intro there, you, you heard it. The the idea of couch to 5k we're all very familiar with that as runners i'd be surprised if there's anyone who's been involved in the running community for a while that doesn't know what that is but i present this this idea of couch to ultra runner 
So in a one word answer, yes or no, Jan, couch to ultra runner. Is it possible? Of course. Yes. Yeah. So and I think we're going to go into that now. We're going to discuss it through discussing your own journey and, and how that's possible and why it's possible. And, you know, as you say there, you're now looking to gain the knowledge to pass it on to others. Um, I think my ethos as a coach has always been pay it forward. Um, for those of you that don't know Jan, I'm sure there'll be many of our club that will listen as well. Jan is a very much pay it forward kind of girl as well. So we're going to um, we're going to cover that and, and how that's pro- kind of probably helped her, but also helped us. You know, we're we're very good sort of friends and running buddies around this as well. So hopefully we'll cover that, Jan. So let's kind of start back to front. Um, so you've run an ultra marathon, a 40 miler, and you've run some marathons as well, right? So start with the marathons, just a quick overview of what you've done, and then tell us a bit about the ultra after the marathons. Um, so I've run Marriott's marathon twice, and um, that's uh, um, a local marathon in Norfolk. It's a trail marathon, um, along a, mostly along a disused railway line. Um, it's what I describe as a sort of a, a baby trail, really. Um, it's not quite as rugged as some of the other stuff that certainly my family are getting involved in. Um, and then I've also done something called the Boundary Run, which is also a marathon. Uh, that's around Cambridge um, and is, again, quite a small marathon, um, but really nice. A little bit of a mixture of trail and road and um um, as I say, quite a, quite a small marathon, but a fun one set by the university, I think, Neil, isn't it? Um, yeah. And then I went up as part of a group of us to uh, Loch Ness and ran, um, ran in the loosest sense, um, a very slow marathon because I had, oh, I don't know if it was a cold or flu or what it was, but it was the sort of thing where we were bussing out um, to the start of those of you who know the Loch Ness Marathon know you you bus out um, from Inverness up to the start right up in the hills um, on old um, on old buses that you think are going to make make it and uh, you can hear the throttle really struggling and um, got to the top and as we were traveling up I realized that I maybe shouldn't have been on the bus I was so ill that I just got on without thinking about it and when you get to the top and you get off the bus in the middle of nowhere and it's raining and it's it's a bit windy um there were no toilets or very few and um crowds of people just on a moor basically and i thought well i've got two ways of going down i either get myself down by running or i get taken down um in an ambulance and there's no way I'm going to start in an ambulance. So I um, I uh, got myself to the start line and I progressed down through the uh, the course to to the finish. And um, yeah, I got it done, but I'm not quite sure how. Yeah. So um, for anyone who who who's listening, I was there and I saw all of that firsthand. And for anyone who's done Loch Ness. You, you'd probably be able to vision that that part right now. However, looking at some historic photos, I believe there's been a lot of deforestation there. So actually it used to start in a bit of a funnel of trees, whereas now it's quite open 
to the elements. And, uh, but, you know, running down Loch Ness is certainly an experience. And, and you and me both that day, Jan, I believe we, we both, we both learned the, uh, the hard side of running and had a hard day. So yeah, cool. So then obviously prior to that, that Loch Ness one for sure. Um, 40 mile ultra. Tell me a bit about it. It was part of, it was part of something else as well. So you're part of a team, but Tell us a little bit about that 40 mile ultra, what it involved and how it kind of made you feel. So I went couch to ultra without going through the marathon. I did my, all my marathons have been after my ultra. So um, I skipped a step um, and it was the year I was 50. My husband's a similar age to me. He's uh, just four weeks younger. So we are we both celebrated our 50th birthday and our 25th wedding anniversary in the same year. He'd got a good for age for Boston. He's a faster runner than I am. Um, and we were talking, I think in the January um, of that year. And uh, we were looking for a challenge. And we saw that the Grim Reaper Ultra, as it was then, was running. And they were there were teams, possible teams for um, 100 milers. Um, we talked it over and I think in the space of actually coming back from Neil's unit in the space of 20 minutes we'd gone from oh my goodness that's crazy to let's sign up so we agreed pretty much on the way there we'd got a plan within 20 minutes of how we were going to do it um and it was agreed I'd do 40 miles and um Andrew my husband would do 70 so he got, I know that's 110 but it's because the last lap we did together so yeah we did 100 well, there miles you have it that's how that's how it should be done, ladies and gents. We celebrate wedding anniversaries and milestone birthdays by going to ultra runs to do it as a couple. What a what a great effort! So um, that's that's Jan and then Andrew, her husband, doing that as part of their celebrations, which is uh, is probably different to the norm. Jan, would you agree? Yeah, I don't think there are many people do that. Maybe well, there are in our community, I think, but generally, I think it's quite an unusual thing to do. And and how did that how did that ultra make you feel? I was amazed because I mean the furthest I don't know what the furthest was I'd ever done before, probably a twenty mile run I think, um, in one go or in one day. Um, and obviously when I was training I was doing back to back runs, which means I was running uh, a couple of times a day and on long distances on consecutive days. I run every day quite often, but um, and I've done that for different challenges, but. These were these were long runs, and often I was putting in three long runs over over a weekend or something like that. Um, so how was it? It was amazing. I really loved it. Um, incredible to to run um, an ultra in that way. It's a, it's laps, so um, laps are ten miles. So it's a little bit different from a lot of the ultras that you talk about and that you cover, Neil, because a lot of those are sort of um a to b routes aren't they and they're sort of from one yeah. place to another whereas this is 10 mile laps so it's not it's not quite as challenging in some ways you still cover the distance but you don't have to carry um the equipment and you don't have to um you don't have to worry so much about getting lost and that sort of thing so it was a good introduction to ultras i think for me excellent and um when you stood on that start line what what, what went through your head um, the initial, well, thinking back now, it's about three years ago, um, initial thoughts were, my goodness, it's hot out here because we were 
having a heat wave and um it, it was it was phenomenally hot um naively i thought uh, we'd, we'd written a schedule we'd actually got it written on the whiteboard we were very organized um and within five miles i realized if i was going to do 40 miles i was going to have to go um more conservatively than our we'd, we'd got a range and i was going to have to go on the conservative end of my of my range of times to to get finished yeah no cool so with that in mind then if someone's just listened to that they'll think okay so there's a this this jan lady is a um she's got into ultra running she's done some marathons where did it all start i think you've answered the question in the intro in terms of can we go from couch to ultra because you've just said it you even skipped out the marathon bit um and you, you you've done it so wh where did this all start it started neil in the um i work as um an unqualified teacher and a teaching assistant or did at that time and it started in the maths department staff room um beginning of the beginning of the year january maybe the third whatever the beginning the first day of term was we were sat there at lunch as we often did talking about the year ahead and we talked about academics but we talked about other things one of the things that the department did was a local race called the chariots of fire which is a relay and it's mile and a half laps it's in september and they were looking for runners already in january and the tradition is that the new members of the department are on the team and you've got to have a pretty good reason not to be on the team because it's it's you're you are encouraged and i was told well you've got and i wasn't a runner at all and you, they said well you've got nine months to run a mile and a half jan you can do this in a, in, a, in nine months you can run a mile you can get to a mile and a half we want you on the team so that was where it started and um i didn't do couch to 5k in the classical way i did my own thing i ran um one lamp post the first night from one lamp post to the next lamp post and uh it was january the days were short the nights were long and i was really embarrassed to be seen out running um yep. so i ran in the dark nail for a really long time i ran early in the morning or i ran once it was dark in the evenings um and then the day started to get longer and I was having to start going out earlier and earlier in the morning to get my run done. And yeah. um, it started to get ridiculous. And when it was getting to March and I was having to get up earlier and earlier to do my runs, I realized that I needed to put my big girl pants on, to be honest, frankly. Yeah. And I needed to get out there and run. And you know what? Nobody laughed. I don't think anybody noticed. It was okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, we will digress here, surely. But I think when you when you say that, do you would you say, you know, runners out there, men and women, that there's that perception that they need to go and hide in the dark? I think initially, yeah, a lot of people I know, um, especially women, I think, but maybe that's just who I talk to, are really self-conscious when they first start because you are going to get red in the face you are going to get out of breath it is going to be hard and there is more walking than running for sure um certainly that's that's my experience of my journey and that of many other beginners um but maybe i've been lucky but i have had very very little negative 
um, response to my running. Um, in fact, I tend to get the opposite. Obviously, when I started running, I ran around the village and I knew quite a lot of the young people because they were my students. So I would often get cheered, um, high fives. Go on, um, Carver, that sort of yeah. thing, yeah? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, Neil will Neil will be able to tell you that I get that on the recon training night some nights. Not quite so much now because they've that particular crew have moved on and have grown up and don't tend to hang out on the recreation ground. But yeah, I've I've always had a lot of support from my young people. Um, I remember after one um, after a ten k race, one of the um, one of my students being very very excited because he'd handed me a glass of water, and. Um, yeah, yeah. He, told, he told the whole class that I was running. So, yeah, I've been very lucky. I've had very positive response from from people. So, yeah, I can relate to that as well. You know, there's that that nervous feeling, that self-consciousness when you're out. Um, and then I'll try and flip it over. So quick question on that. I know we've digressed there, but the quick question around it is now when you're in a car and you see a runner, is there any you're not tempted to shout at them something negative, are you? If anything, you kind of cheering them on a little bit yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah really pleased to see people out there and, and running um and yes I'd like to just shout support I don't always I often don't because I'm not sure everybody wants to be supported all times but um I do a fun yeah. class when I'm running maybe it's just the stereotype that we think happens as runners when we begin but actually in reality there's a lot of people actually rooting for you out there as well yeah, for um, sure. You know, I certainly think in recent times, more around the pandemic time, you know, the lockdowns and whatever, there was very much that kind of, you know, that mutual nod between runners, at least out there, you know, even if you didn't say hello, but, you know, there was that nod and, you know, we're in the same community. And, you know, I, I would urge anyone who wants to get out there and run full stop, whether it's ultra running or, or couch to 5k, just don't don't let those things put you off and definitely get out there and start doing it so back to kind of the where it all started so the maths department you know the the chariots of fire race and you know you, you haven't got to look far to find information on that that's well known across the whole of the uk now um but take us to the next stage what you've done you, you've done your one and a half miles say you one you, you know what is it 1.9 miles isn't it sorry um or 1.7 something like that it's um, 1.7, something like that, yeah. yeah. I Before I got to that point, Neil, so before I got to the race, um, I then, um, obviously, I was starting to progress. I um, I was running pretty regularly. Um, I don't know how often, three times a week maybe, on my own, um, always on my own. And it came to May Day. And uh, this was 2016, so the May of the same year. And um, Angie, my husband, and my youngest son, Mike, were off to, both of them were high runners at the time, and they were off to run in the Impington uh, Running Festival, which is our local, one of our local village running events. Um, and the furthest distance actually is 5K, and that's what they were gonna enter. And um, I was changed into my running clothes and we were just talking just as they were literally doing their shoes up and going out the door. And they said, where are you going? What are you going to do? How far are you going? And I said, oh, I don't know, um, probably about 5K. At which point they said, well, if you're going to run 5K, 
come with us come and run the race and it was literally there was no thinking about it they were we're putting our shoes on you need to get your shoes on okay um, so i'll stop you there on that then because obviously i know the story so let's try and capture that moment and and explain to the listeners some will know you listening to this jan as well and won't know this story um others will know it really well and anyone who doesn't know us will possibly be able to relate hopefully be able to relate and hope what we do is replicate it out there but you you get there you, your husband and son have put you in this position how do you feel in that moment when they put you in this position what are you thinking i felt sick neil i won't lie um i went from going out to do my own thing to probably just run along the guided busway because it's what which is our local is local very flat route um suddenly cambridge. yeah cambridge so suddenly i was off to a race i was going to meet the high runners for the first time a running club um definitely i didn't believe that running clubs were my thing um and yeah i was i was pretty terrified but they said no no don't worry um and um i will give her a shout out they said come and meet maria um who is another member of our running club and she was on registration and she said well i'll just register and when i finish registering i'll run with you um and that was my introduction to the support and friendliness of the high runners when we finished the race at the end they were all there the high runners were there and they they ran me in and cheered me in um and i'd never experienced anything like that before um my experience of sport before that time had been standing as a schoolgirl being the last one to be picked for school teams and suddenly i was running a race where I'd finished and got cheered on for my sporting achievement. And it was it, it was amazing. It was overwhelming, to be honest. I, I've never, never experienced anything like that before. So a quick overview for everyone who's listening. Um, we have a recreation ground. It's about a kilometre around the side. Um, this 5K goes out of this wreck. You go around the wreck, out the wreck, down onto um, some old farmland, Chivers Farm, famous for its jam. And then, uh, don't worry, it's not an ad. They're not paying me for that. But famous <laughs> for its jam, worldwide famous for its jam. And um, you sort of go around the private land, which is never otherwise open to the public. And then you come back onto the wreck and do a lap. So that last 200 metres, Jan, you've touched on it there. Just describe it again. What happened? The last 200 metres. There were... So from memory neil you were on the mic yeah um pretty typically i think you you do all of those ones um so you were caught shouting me in cheering for me because um we'd never met you and i which is i find incredible now it's it's actually so recent isn't it? it's only six years and yeah. yet it feels like i've known you for so long um but yes yeah, so you were talking about it being my first race there were people lining the um the route and running with me cheering me 
and yeah just urging me on to the finish so just an hour before that that moment at the end there you probably have this urge this overwhelming feeling of something negative towards your husband and son for making you leave the door and go and do this this race so then there's two other emotions there's the one that you feel right now which we'll get onto in a second and then there's that emotion in that 200 meters that last 200 meters how you felt about them an hour before the race when they made you go and do this race versus how you felt about them in that last 200 meters what was there a difference so I didn't, I mean, they didn't make me do it. They just said, why don't you? So I didn't, you know, I wasn't cross with them or anything like that. I was, you know, perfectly able to to, to refuse, but I couldn't. Um, so those of you who know Mike, will, my son will know that he's very persuasive. Um, I had no good reason not to race. Um, they weren't, he wasn't going to take no for an answer um he is my biggest cheerleader i think even bigger than andrew for that um in many ways which i don't know if we'll touch on later um but um yes yeah, so but i was really scared i was really afraid of making a fool of myself showing them up being a disappointment to them um i think more worried about what others would think and showing my family up than actually showing myself up i think probably cool so that's you leaving that's you out the door yeah. and then you describe this great moment um well i describe it as a great moment you describe it as a great moment as well with this last 200 meters people lining the route people running with you yeah. how are you feeling then contrast it to the one before amazing and as if i could achieve at that moment anything i think i mean it was it's very powerful to be encouraged in that way and to yep. be valued that much yep and how do you feel about all that now them asking you at the door to come and run that race being very persuasive not taking no for an answer to how you feel now i know what i think about it i'll tell everyone now i think it's a bloody good job that happened <laughs> go on tell everyone what you what how you feel now about it well it was a, it was a pivotal moment in my life neil just as as i said when i started running in january you know in the maths office that was at one point this was the next major life-changing event because from that point i joined high runners i went to my first training session two days later on the wednesday so the race was monday the wednesday well i left on the monday with people saying we'll see you on wednesday jan well when people tell you and it's not just one or two people when they say they're going to see you you're going to show up aren't you you've got to because otherwise you're letting people down and i don't do that so yeah it was a life-changing moment in many many ways yeah yeah and i think um not that it matters to anyone, but to us, it's very personal that, you know, in that five year period now, um, funnily enough, just on, on the date of recording of this, um, due to the pandemic and events being hung over and everything else, we've actually just done that event 
um, in the September of 2021, um, just as as a way to try and raise some money for the local the local um, group that organise all the sport on the wreck and and the local community um, clubs etc. So um, it's quite funny that we're talking about that now in depth, but not that it matters. But in that five year period, five year plus period now, in a few months. Can you you can literally count on one hand, two hands, how many times you've missed a Wednesday night? Yeah, yeah. I only miss them if I'm away. So you speak um, about you speak about the non-negotiable earlier. You said Wednesday yeah. was your non-negotiable, um, sort of in that intro part about what you do as part of your running club. Um, and the Wednesday is a non-negotiable. And when we move from say couch to 5k or couch to ultra running whatever it is you're training for when there's non-negotiables things start to happen right yeah for sure i mean i don't think about whether i feel like going to any club i that's just what i do on a wednesday um and it became like that very early on um my job at that time was very tiring um it would have been very easy to just sit on the couch but i I didn't. I, I just, that was where I, that's what I did on Wednesdays. And what made it that? What attracted you to it? What was, what was it that made that the non-negotiable? Um, community, I think, yeah. Neil. Um, yes, of course, running, but I didn't need to go to running club to run. I wouldn't, having said that, I wouldn't still be running if it weren't for running club. I'm pretty certain if it weren't for high runners, because, um, if you run once a week with a running club, you have that continuity and you've got to, especially when you make it a non-negotiable, you've actually got to actively not go. Um, and that wasn't something I was going to do. And even I've had, um, I had one injury. Um, I'm trying to think how long ago now, a couple of years ago now, about three years ago. Um, and there were a few weeks when I couldn't run. And I didn't know what to do on Wednesdays, so actually I came to running club anyway, if you recall, and um, and I just walked, or yeah. I supported the other runners, um, because if I'm not a running club on a Wednesday, I don't really know what I need to be doing. And anyone who's listening might be able to relate, and I know this bit isn't particularly focused on ultra right now, but people will relate i relate to this what what would you do without high runners your running club what would you do without it well i'd have a lot of spare time neil <laughs> <laughs> it's like um what does it mean to me nearly all all my friends are active now and nearly all of them are high runners i do have one or two friends that are not high runners but they are pretty much all high runners um, so they are my social life and my community. They're who I train with. Um, they're who I laugh with. And on occasion, some of us, we, you know, have been known to cry as well. And, and they are there. They are my family. They are my, they are my fit fam, as, as we say. Um, and so, yeah, I can't imagine life without them anymore. And, you know, you know, this is independent of me as well, but weekends away, you know, things that are non-running related, non-activity related, all the things anyone who doesn't run would do with their normal friends. We are lucky slash made our own luck. Luck's a funny word, but 
we have that in abundance because of running, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um and the ultra running world has enhanced that even more, which we're going to get into in a second. So on that note, did you at that point and at any point, did you actually see yourself running an ultra marathon? Did you even know what one was? Um, I knew what they were because we were starting to talk about them in the house, in our house. Um, so I knew what an ultra meant. I thought that they were for crazy hardcore people. Um, they definitely weren't for me. Um, I don't, I still don't know if I look like an ultra runner really, um, to myself. Um, but I thought that they were, I mean, they are absolutely anyone who runs an ultra is pretty incredible, frankly, but I never believed that I would enter that world in, in any form. Excellent. Excellent. So do you see yourself doing more ultra based events? So I think when you start running, you, most people I think start as road runners. Um, I've now realized that actually I prefer to run trail, um, yeah. so off road. Um, and I, have realized that I don't particularly like crowds. Um, and so I like quieter events. Um, so definitely sort of trail stuff is really definitely my thing. Um, and yeah, I don't quite know what that's gonna look like at the moment, but yeah, I'm looking for, looking for another challenge, I think. I've got one or two lined up as it is, but um, yeah, certainly I think I'll be doing more ultras. So if we spin it back right to that intro then, couch to ultra running, is it possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything's possible if you want it enough, Neil. Absolutely. And I think you've I, proved that. I think the other thing I would say is um, you need to do all the other stuff around it and it's not, it's not a quick fix. You don't go from zero to hero. Um without preparation and you need to do a lot to get to that point so give me an example of that then so um if we said running's running trail running road running all the types of running interval training uh fartlet training everything you're gonna do yeah. all the things that anyone who's on a running journey is probably likely to come across without too much difficulty in terms of being shown the way um whether that's googling or whatever else but Outside of that, the, the 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 term strength and conditioning for running, strength and conditioning in an ultra marathon. What is it about strength and conditioning that you've found personally that works for you um, or has benefited you or any examples where had you not have done it, things may not have worked out so well for you? So I want, I suppose what I should say before that, Neil, is that I want to be running till I'm 90. Um, right. It's my goal. And so injury prevention to me is, is absolutely key. I don't want to break myself. However, I still want to be able to do everything. I don't want to wrap myself in cotton wool. I want to go out there and get it done, which means I need to make myself um, as bulletproof as I can. And so 
my training and I, I train in a lot of different ways is all around that it's all about variability it's all about imagining what you're going to come across on the trail and sorting out in the gym or in on the trail as well and getting to that point where you hit a rock you hit a route you uh, something moves when you're going down you, you're going downhill you hit a rock it moves you don't fall over you hit a route you stumble you keep your balance if you you know whatever angle you're at you don't fall because I don't like falling over very much Neil to be honest but also learning how to fall if you are going to but yeah. even but I would say that even if you never run trails um the number of times you hear of people falling over as they step onto a pavement or something um so I've worked on balance so that if I am just on one you know you you land on running so unit is um you know it's unilateral isn't it it's it's a series of hops so you yeah. spend a lot of time on one foot if you can't stand on one foot when you're not moving you're not going to stand on one foot when you are moving you're, you're going to fall um and so i've worked pretty hard on or i am continuing to work very hard on that process yeah you you um you and i would refer to it you know you refer to it as me uh, as as one of your coaching teams and mentors is you, you refer to it as playtime sometimes yeah for sure so yeah. what does that involve <laughs> playtime um so moving my body in different ways in the loosest sense which sounds a lot more elaborate than it is but um in the past few years i've started climbing um that's uh rock climbing um so good for upper body strength as well as leg strength um i have tried a bit of slacklining i'm not terribly good at it but i'll tell you what you know what your balance is like if you're trying to stand on a piece of uh, a piece of rope and um um so i um friends and i go to different places and balance on planks of wood we climb climbing frames we do pull-ups in the park um really we go to an outdoor environment and see what we can do with what's there we jump from rock to rock uh yesterday i was um walking up and down an old tree trunk that um with a few bits sticking out at the side branches sticking out so we were climbing up that um i was climbing all over a scramble net um so massive yeah. variability yeah absolutely bit of cycling in there as well because i like that i started gymnastics which i never ever you know i couldn't do a forward roll when i was five years old neil and apparently i can now you know it's um and just I'm, to give people perspective on that what is now how old is now 53 okay so uh, what what i think what i think you're saying is 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 that variability that you're doing is opening up all these other doors and it probably started back in that maths department discussion yeah yeah i would say so i would say so um and uh, i mean there you know i mean uh, there have been different pivotal moments different places um in when i was 50 the year we were 50 we went to um new york and boston 
um and you run the boston marathon which was amazing but we when we were there there was a display um about um barefoot shoes so i found that quite intriguing didn't buy any at the time because it just seemed so wacky and so weird but i went away bought some books um found out about that process um i follow um a, a lady who um in fact i follow quite a lot of people now but there's a lot of talk about play movement nutritious movement stacking movements that sort of thing so i've got really into all those processes now um and yes i train in the gym uh really only once a week but i also train in all sorts of other ways that are very unconventional that are not about reps they're about seeing what you can do um and, and variability right absolutely about variability for sure you know and, and jan you're talking there you're talking about two things really in in the last few minutes here variability and barefoot running of yep. things of interest and you know episode four and episode three we, we talk about variability in episode four um with a guy called peter francis running from injury check out that episode for sure and also the episode with Kevin Britton, a good friend of mine and Jan's, who is on an epic challenge, but doing it barefoot as well. If you want to know more, listen to that. There's lots of barefoot advice in there as well, which is awesome. So ultra running, Jan, we, we have established the answer to our question, couch to ultra running. But you're a fan of the sport as well, yeah? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, on on lots of different levels. Um so both my husband and uh, my youngest son are both into that world as well. Um, so they do all sorts of things. I go off and support them, go and cheer them on. Um, and I've volunteered at some of the events as well. I've, um, I was volunteering one a couple of weeks ago and then I'm actually volunteering again um, at, at Nultra, uh this weekend. So um, let's talk about the volunteer. So what, what, where did you volunteer? recently so i was i was in snowdonia so yeah. i was volunteering for um uts ultra ultra trail snowdonia and i'm just about to um try um support for the sky race snowdonia as well which um so the previous one andrew ran my husband um and his friend ian and um this next one this coming week um fingers crossed for the weather because the forecast is looking pretty awful um but that one will be my my son who um at the moment is training to be a mountain leader as well so he's he's a big lover of uh of the off-road stuff too so uh these guys are a pit, pretty epic family by the way all of them they're all into stuff so they're they're uh they, they know their stuff but so when when some men and women out there would describe themselves as a uh ultra marathon widow to their other half you actually love it when your child and your husband go out and do one because actually you get to then go and be the fan of the sport that you like being as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I go off and fangirl, you know, there's a few people that I follow um, who are, <laughs> who are in the races. So it's really nice to see them. Um, yeah. I get involved. Um, I'm in the same when, I mean, Andrew runs marathons too. So I, yes, I love running. But actually, I really love supporting races. Um, and it was a big toss up this weekend whether I was going to go and 
on Watch London or whether I was going to go and volunteer um, in Snowdonia. But of course, with uh, the limited um, the, the limited spectators this week, this week, um, my choice was made for me really. So I'm off to Snowdonia. But yeah, I love encouraging other people, supporting other people, um, helping with the prep, and it's it's and and they're good people. Ultra runners are. Ultra runners are a good crowd. Yeah, I think it's it's you know I've touched on this in in other episodes, the early episodes as well, and I think the, the lack of ego is that it's not there's no egos. Or if there, there always is going to be, but it's not vast. It's not a huge number of people. If there are, um, the community side of ultra running is is epic. I mean, something that I never thought I would get into as well. And I think here we are, Jan, we're both very engulfed in this world of ultra running. And we would describe ourselves as very much beginners within that world in terms of our own experiences. But in terms of being fans, you know, we are definitely fans of this sport. And what you notice is, is that everyone wants to chat. Everyone's happy to discuss. Everyone's happy to be part of this, what I would say, growing worldwide community. Would you agree? Yeah, it's a very generous um environment a very generous community i think everyone's very inclusive um and if you want to learn it's it's a really good way to to find things out is to just go and volunteer and to meet people um and um yeah obviously do your own research as well do your reading um you know nobody wants to be asked stupid questions do they ever so i mean we always say there's no stupid questions but we all know actually that there are. So I don't want to be that person. So yes, I do my own reading as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, people are very generous if you have questions. And yeah, but, you know, if you are pitting yourself against the mountains, you don't need to have an ego because you're pitting yourself against the environment. And I think a lot of the ultra runners, that's what they're doing they're pitting them so they're seeing what they can do how far they can go um i think what amazes me neil about running and i'm, I'm sure you'll say the same you can go out for a 5k a 5k run just an ordinary run and you can feel absolutely exhausted at the end and as if you can't go on any longer and then you do a half marathon and you get to the end and you think you can't go any further and then you sign up for a marathon and you, you, you get to that halfway point, don't you? And you think, oh, my goodness, this is the furthest I've ever raced before. I can't go any further. And somehow you get that marathon done, don't you? Yeah. And it amazes me that when we think we're finished, we're not finished. You can have a bad mile and then the next mile is a good mile. Um, and things can change really quickly. I mean, obviously, once you start getting into the ultra world, you know, you need to be you need to be serious about your fueling. You need to be serious about your hydration, what you've got on your feet, dealing with any problems quickly. But it is amazing what the human spirit can do and what, you know, I mean, some of the some of the front guys, I mean, just absolutely incredible. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, this this podcast is in its early days and, you know, as we move on with it it'll it'll progress and it'll evolve but what i love about this episode and what you're saying is we know people that have this dream of being an ultra runner 
and going and trying these things that they see on YouTube and things that they hear about on Netflix documentaries and whether it's the wacky Barkley Marathon or whether it's uh, UTMB or Western States, they see these things and then they Google it and realize that there's other things like it, but are accessible in terms of entry. And then they start putting together plans of how they could do it, but then they don't believe in it. We've seen examples of, of people doing it. Um, and you're, you're a prime example of that, but you know, I think what I hope somebody out there can get from listening to this, you know, whatever, whatever they're into right now, male, female runner, non-runner, whatever they do, that they can see that you can get involved and you can be a fan of something that is an up and coming community. Um, and, a, and an ever-growing community so absolutely so like i say jan i've got a question because we we have aspirations we have ambition we want to do things so just in a one word answer do you have a bucket list ultra that you'd like to do oh gosh um at the moment no not really um I guess I'm looking for next steps. I've got something lined up for next spring, which isn't a running challenge, but is a challenge going to be a challenge. So um, that's kind of coming up, and hopefully I will get to do that. Um, but yeah, at the moment I don't have. That I'm sort of supporting other people at the moment rather than doing my own my own ultra. But yeah, definitely I see myself doing some more in the future. And like I said, new podcast, early days. I'm going to tell you mine in a second. There are hundreds of people that I'm sure I would love to talk to. But who would you like me to try and interview one day? All bets are off. No limits. We've got access to them. Who who would you like to see on this podcast one day? Well, we've got to get Nikki Spinks on, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think that that would be that would be wonderful to see what she has to say. That would be epic. Absolutely. Especially if I ask her some of the questions that I've got for her, that's for sure. I think for me, um, if I had an ambition, I think anyone listening to this, let's tag them, let's tag these people and share it to them. Um, so, and we'll give them the timestamp of about 51 minutes is where we mention it. Um, so mine would be Sally McRae, yellow runner, um, oh, on Instagram. Nice. Um, because she's just done bad water. So, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to get in her head a little bit about how you go from being where, where we are, because she'd have been there one day to get yeah. into that particular type of event. Um, but also, like you say, Nikki Spinks, I mean, she, she is to my knowledge, the only female Brit that's ever been to the Barclay. I think so. I think so. If anyone listening knows any different to that, let us know because we'd love to hear about it. So here's the deal. We're going to put this out. When this is out there and you're listening to it as you are right now, we're going to tag these people. We're going to share it. We're going to timestamp it. Tell them at 51 minutes. We want it. We want them to listen. And all we're saying to you people is, can we talk to you because you inspire us? And we at our level would love to pick your brains at your level. And the impact of paying it forward that that could have would be huge. So, yeah, no, cool. So, um, all right then, Jan, in closing, 
Two more questions. First one, what does running mean to you? Oh, my goodness. Um, it means so much. Running is, from a club point of view, definitely community. Um, but also, and I love running, social runs. Um, if I could never race again, actually, that would be okay. I, I've often said that I train. I, I, I race because I like training. Um, it gets me out of it gets me out of the door when the weather's horrible because I know once I get out of the door, I'm going to love it. Doesn't matter. I've run in pretty much every weather now, Neil. I think, um, and yeah, it's it's hard when it's hailing in your face and it's blowing a hooli, but that's really cool and it reminds me I'm alive when I'm running in that horrible weather. Um, but so yes, so um, I run for my physical health. I run for my mental health. Um, I run with others and I like to run alone. I just, I just really love running. And I actually, I know a lot of people say they don't like running while they're running, but I actually do. Yeah, no, good. That's cool. We've all felt, we have all felt that. And like you said earlier, we, we have days where 5k is horrendous and we couldn't go anymore. And, you know, but actually deep down, we all, we all get something out of this and you've yeah. listed many of them. So then Jan on the spot, last question for you. <laughs> Let's make it specific. What would you say your top three tips are to somebody with dreams that wants to go from the couch to ultra running? Oh, wow. Three tips. Um, you could have warned me, Neil. Um, tip number one, believe in yourself. Yep. Tip number two, take your time. What I mean by that is don't go from couch to ultra in three months because you will break yourself. Um, and injury prevention should be absolutely up there. And tip number three has to be about getting some variability in your training. So run on different surfaces, run in different types of shoes, oh, just everything. Do different sport, stick in some strength and conditioning, stick in some yoga, Sticking some flexibility. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And keep moving, I would say, even if you only ever run. I don't want to say only ever. You know, loads of some loads of great runners never go beyond 5K. Even if that's as far as you go, just get a load of movement into your day every day. Yeah, no, brilliant. Brilliant. That's awesome, Jan. That's been absolutely great fun. Um, even though we know each other well, when when you ask those questions, from my perspective, I'm learning loads about you there as an individual and and actually some really good reminders to me. So hopefully, you know, if anyone found that useful out there, that that would be a bonus for us, certainly in our kind of mission to help pay it forward um, as a club and as individuals as well. So thanks very much for coming on the show. I'm, I'm personally going to look forward to the continued journey. And um, who knows, Jan, we'll see how this how this develops. And in future uh, years, hopefully you can come back on the show and and we can we can ask you where where you went in relation to what is episode four. And um, we can ask what happened after that. So 
If anyone found this interesting and you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it on to anyone that you think would find it of some use to them. Please also give us a comment and ask us any questions in relation to what Jan or I have said today. That would be absolutely awesome. And don't forget to rate that podcast as well on whatever platform you are listening to. So I hope you have enjoyed yourselves. Jan, I hope you've enjoyed yourselves and hopefully we can all meet here again to discuss more on the Ultra Running Podcast with me, Coach Marshy.